Hello, and welcome to the Parenting Your Way podcast. I'm Kaylee Van Regan from Living Inside Out, and I'm so delighted to be in conversation about how families can thrive. Hello, Tia. Ross has done an extraordinary work with teens and is full of interest and insights. I'm so grateful to have you here today, and welcome. Thank you for having me. I wonder if you could give us a hint of what you do and how it relates to caring for children and teens and youth. Yes, no problem. So, um, first of all, I've been working with youth and communities for 25 years. I've worked in different um, organizations with youth, everything from starting with our juvenile justice system on the West Coast and the East Coast, uh, community-based projects, as well as the school district. So working within the school districts as a youth advocate and a parent advocate. So what I currently do is still community-based workshops and trainings. They focus more on emotional literacy. And then the most recent one that I've created, be launching in Chicago this year, will be uh, Youth Envision, Envision Day, where we're combining emotional literacy and financial literacy together. So... Wow. Um, yeah, it's. I've been working with youth for over 25 years, and it's really uh, my life calling and a passion. So then you must know, why is it so important for us to be present with the youth and children in our lives? Well, it's really, number one, to be present is because they know when you're not present. And so the key is, uh, being present with our youth simply is it, not as big of a um, of a challenge as we think. Just being normally intentional about being present when they're with you. I have three children of my own. Two are grown uh, girls, and then I have a nine-year-old. And so Every day that I'm around and doing my daily routines and work, I have to stop to be intentional about being present. So there's a couple of presents that I'm talking about. One is being present physically and emotionally and engaging them so that you are there with them and not preoccupied with other things. So for so many years, I, as a mom, was juggling, which many of you may know what that's like, to juggle work family, living, you know, taking care of home and life. And oftentimes I would be um, driving or doing the dishes or, you know, 10 steps ahead in my mind, um, but not fully present. And my daughter would pick up on that. And youth are really good at knowing when you are fully present and when you are not fully present. Have you ever... Uh, been in a room with your child, and the minute you hop on the phone or you preoccupy yourself, they seem to become mischievous <laughs> because you're physically present, but you're not emotionally engaging them, and that is crucial. Sometimes it's not all the time. Sometimes it's just we can't do it, but making it a point daily to check in and be present in that sense is very vital. You know, the the other level of being present in the youth world is also paying attention to their world. So being present with the time, being present with what they're up against and what they're 
uh, daily lives and the, the things that impact them, you know, being present with that is really important as well. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's, that's great to have that, that clear and to be talking about also being present with what is coming up for them, so being in their world. Mm-hmm. Do you have an... Um, I'd like... To, there's a couple of things. Okay, I'll go off. Um, you speak of um, your emotional um, literacy that you work with, and I think this is a really important piece in in being present is with them and with who they are is helping them with emotions. So if you could just talk a little bit about just what that is, emotional literacy. Mm-hmm. Sure. So emotional literacy is a skill set to deal with the pressures of life. So just think of school, think of the education system, think about the literacies that are in your academic system. There's math as a literacy, science as a literacy, history, um, English and journalism, geography, you know, the arts as a literacy. The one literacy that's missing in our recipe of education is emotional literacy. What are the classes and the courses that teach me how to deal with the pressures of life, the things that happen that I don't have control over, and at the same time continue to be successful in what I um, have to get accomplished. So think about a youth or think about yourself being preoccupied. Think about your brain being preoccupied with worry, with fear, with intimidation or uncertainty or just being – you know, uh, timid, think about the things that you have no control over that begin to happen to you, a child whose family is going through a divorce or a big move or someone has passed away, and now they're sitting in a science class, you know, and today happens to be the day that the common core, you know, um, literacy for that science class is chemistry and, you know, um, the periodic chart. You know, and how much it, how much of your brain will be engaged in learning that new concept, and how much of it at the same time is worried about mom and dad, worried about uh, being bullied, or worried about the emotional stuff that happens outside of us. We don't have control of it, but it directly impacts us. No one's given us those skills to deal with the pressures of life, mm-hmm. and so emotional literacy is teaching us how to shift our negative conversations that we hear inside so that we don't go in a downward spiral and, and, and those uh, behaviors that show up. Uh, another way of thinking about it is teaching our youth how to put action to their emotions versus it coming out in their behavior. So teaching them to put words to how they feel versus uh, it showing up in their behavior. Anger, isolation, hurting themselves, hurting other people around them, when really underneath that is a need to communicate an emotion, but they don't have the skill to communicate that emotion or what or release the pressure for themselves. So they begin to engage in unhealthy behavior, unhealthy habits, no different than us as adults. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just that emotional literacy skill that is really needed. The daily, how do I deal with the daily? pressures of life. So is there something that you start with to when you're working with these youth and to help them along with this? Um, one of the things that we actually start with is something that's called a safe space. We create a safe space 
um, the safe space that we create is no judgment, no repercussions, and unconditional love. Those things are what we have in place before we can begin any type of deep diving into being honest, being open, speaking what's on our mind. So we need all of that in place in order to uh, really, you know, dive deep into emotional literacy. So there is a foundation, and the foundation that you start with is called creating a safe space or being a safe space for you and that youth. That's wonderful. So mm-hmm. I guess it's really important then for um, parents and or caregivers or teachers or those of those of us that are around children um, play an important role in this. How can we get ourselves into a space where we can do this with children, where we can be present, where we can build a safe space, where we can help them? How can we get yes. ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked that because that is one of my big pieces is that a lot of times, and and this is where, you know, I kind of push the buttons of parents because Mm -hmm. a lot of times we are looking outside of us. So that is the key, what you just said. We're looking outside of us as parents for the answer. A lot of times we are looking for what can I take my youth to? What can I give to my youth? What can I, it's them. You know, what is the, they become the focus when all actuality, the the shift has to happen in us first. And so the question you're asking is so, um, you know, right on time because as adults and as parents, we need to be in self-care, personal development, looking at our stuff because it's really in our healing and understanding ourselves that we begin to have enough empathy and then what I call being able to strategize to make a difference in our youth life. You know, so often we, we're we just repeating and we're doing the best we can with what we have, and a lot of times we're repeating our uh, patterns of parenting because of our parents, and we all know that. However, when you begin to do your own self-work and begin to stay in personal development as an adult, it will cause you to constantly ask yourself, well, where did that thought come from? Where did that unlimiting belief come from? Where did I first pick up on that? And then you realize, wow, I might have picked up on feeling like this when I was 13, when I was 12. And then you start to see your child a little bit different. You start to connect with them from your child's space. And when you begin to connect with your child from your child's space internally, you can then strategize and be more effective because you see life through their lenses. That's what I say. It's like you have to begin to see life through their lenses, but the only way you can do that is that you got to stop to look at yourself first. You know, and I know that's not something that a lot of parents like to hear uh, mm-hmm. because it, it almost makes us feel ashamed or it feels like we're the fault, but it's not about being at fault. It's about getting the result that is so detrimental to the future of our youth, and that's what you have to keep in mind. I always tell parents, what is it? What is the lesson that you want them to walk away with from this situation? At the end of the day, what is it? Once you're past the emotion, the upset, the shame, the blame, when you're past all that, at the end of the day, what is it, the thing that you want your child to learn so that they never repeat this? When you can clearly answer that, then that's the space that you need to work from, not working from a space of 
fear of them doing something, but working from the space of the outcome that you're looking for the youth to, to have. Like if you want a more com- – at the end of the day, if your goal is to have a child that is more self-confident, that is a leader, then your strategy needs to come from that space versus the fear of them not being that. Okay. And that's where a lot of us do go. That's a challenge for us as adults because our children are so tied to us that we often have a fear of them making a bad decision or fear of them going down the wrong path. And we do a lot of fear-based responding. And fear only causes more fear. Mm-hmm. And so if you take time to get clear on what is the end result, your child comes home, their grades are bad, they've been making really horrible decisions around their education, instead of you growing up, get you got to do your self-work to dig, to dig, to dig, and find out, okay, at the end of the day, here's the shift I want my youth to make. And then you start parenting from that space versus the, the, um, the challenge, the upset, and the negative space. So it it could be a very empowering place for a parent as well, mm-hmm. you know, to to be thinking from that positive side of it and that 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 side where we're trying to bring the best out in ourselves and in our children. Correct. Correct. So yes, in, in the book, which thank you so much for contributing your insights to, where I talk about from tough love to enough love, and when I talk about enough love, like loving our children and it is this you know like thinking the, the of the potential that they have not even that they have everything they need within them to to be confident to be these wonderful beings and and we're here to support them i wonder if you have can think of a challenge that you've had in parenting or in your work um where coming from a really loving space helped to solve that challenge so is there a challenge? Have you ever had a challenge? <laughs> Tons of them. And that's how we come up with, that's how we know what works. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so in terms of uh, challenges that we may have had, um, I could think of a ton of them. I have some recent ones. I stay having the, these parents having challenges because of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, live challenge right now. I can I can give you a live one. I have a grandparent that is parenting their grandson, and he's coming of age. He is at the age now where he's about 11, 12th grade, um, not doing so good in school, becoming very defiant, um, making the house um, a horrible place to be for everyone living in it. Uh, you know, daily there's something, some kind of an upset, and he's often – into girls and and possible drug use and, you know, going downhill in school and um, minimal contact with his parents, but there are some, is contact with mom and dad. And the challenge is not so much the youth, believe it or not. The challenge in this case is more coming from the adult, the grandparent. So like what you're asking me is what is this challenge that I've had and when, responding in love has been the answer or being more positive. And so one of the things that I was um, talking to the grandparent about in this situation was for her 
to actually stop and find out what is working for her and what is not. Because what's happening is they're in a response and action relationship right now, meaning the kid does something, she responds. The kid does something, she responds. The kid does something, she responds. And it's all response-based right now. There's no proactive work. There's no pre-work. There's no time to stop because he's already 10 steps ahead of doing this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's really good, really good for um, you to stop whenever there's a challenge as an adult and say, okay, what is working for me as an adult in this situation and what is not? Mm -hmm. Because in this particular situation, his actions is is just unwinding the entire household. The marriage is under stress. The grandmother's physical health is under stress, and everybody's just creating this crazy stressful thing. So the answer is not to come at it from a stressful, crazy response because that's what will happen. The answer is to stop and pull back and say, okay, what are my healthy boundaries as the adult in this situation? What am I willing to put myself through or not stand up for or stand up for in this situation? And so I've constantly, um, as much as the grandmother wants, like, immediate help, immediate help, immediate help, mm-hmm. sometimes there's no shifting a young man at that age. It's hard not. And you could try everything, but they have to get, sometimes our youth will have to get to a point where they have to walk through their journey to get their lessons. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's time when you recognize that that's what's happening. Instead of staying in frustration, it's time to embrace it with positivity and love. So here you are with a crazy scenario. How do you embrace this scenario with positivity and love? Well, number one, stop and get clear as an adult what is working for you, what is not. How do you set healthy boundaries? How do you draw the line in the sand and say, this is what I will not no longer do. You have to make your mind up as the authority. And then once you make your mind up as an authority, let's look at the reality. Let's get clear with this. I know what you want as a parent, not being worried, being able to lay your head down at night, we're all at home and it's safe and good. I know what you want, but what is continuing to present itself is what we need to look at and look at it as a growing opportunity. You know, what is my biggest fear that will happen? Look at that thing. Breathe life into it so that you can speak to it and not sit in denial and work around it because it causes more problems. Mm -hmm. So what you're speaking on, there are real life challenges that face our families daily. I just had another kid, got in trouble at school, wonderful parent, two parents at home, super successful. They come to our trainings all the time you know, doing really good, and he was at school and made a crazy decision in the moment that was detrimental and caused the law to get involved with him and the family. And in this particular scenario, once again, moving past all the emotion and getting to what was at the core of what was happening, what pressures was the kid looking at, so getting that to love quicker and sooner allows you to approach a difficult situation with clarity. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. It's easier said than done. 
it's a skill set that I've had to learn as a parent. Um, I constantly have to practice it now. So I have to stop and breathe, reassess the situation, and then go in with my strategy on how I will deal with it versus dealing with it, responding immediately in the emotion. Yeah, so I want to highlight that because a few times you said when you pass through all the the emotion, and I think that's Mm -hmm. where a lot of parents are like, but I, they come in and I feel emotional. I have that. I'm triggered. I feel, you know. So, so, and I think you just did mention it quickly. But how about? Um, I think it's worth mentioning again. So, when, how do you pass through all that emotion? What, what are those steps that you, that you take to calm yourself? Everyone is going to have to find their own way of doing it. Some people meditate. Some people pray. Some people do. The easiest thing that I do is I tell people, stop. So you stop, you think, you reassess. You get, so reassess is getting clear on it and then move forward. So the first step is to stop. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Don't respond. Don't do anything. Just stop. The second piece is to breathe. Check your breathing. Stop. Check your breathing. If your breathing is high, anxiety, angry, you'll be able to identify where, where you are sitting emotionally. Are you upset? Are you, are you shameful? What are all the floods of emotions that are happening? Stop and breathe. Breathe deeply. Catch your breath. Be checking with yourself. And then you decide, am I in a space of being angry? And embrace it. Embrace it and you do your work first. You take the responsibility of digging deep to your own emotion first. So stop, breathe, reassess. Then you can reassess the situation. Okay, let's stop. Let's look at this. Let's breathe in. Let's reassess the situation. And then you get some clarity. And then you can begin to move forward on it. So those are the simple steps that I take. Um, I have a rule that I go by. I did it with raising my, my two girls, and I'm doing it currently with my son, is I disengage the minute I feel that emotion rise up inside of me. So my mm. son does something, there's a, I choose not to react in the emotion because I almost 99% of the time makes, make a, a situation worse when I do that. And then I got to un, unwind that seat. <laughs> Double whammy. <laughs> Stop. I think that's so easy thing for us to kind of, Start to practice. You know, you can yeah. remember. Okay, just stop. Just and that's. I think that's wonderful. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you had a uh, a message or something uh, that you could share to support parents out there that are. Everyone is going through this. Every parenting has its ups and downs. So something that you could share to support a message for them. So what I would say is take the pressure off yourself. Give yourself grace, remembering that you once were that age. So stop, take the pressure off yourself, give yourself grace and ease. Don't be so hard and critical of yourself as a parent. And that message is clear because once you begin to do that, you start feeling guilty. And you have an innate ability 
have promises to pick up on when you feel guilty about something, and they will run with that. They know how to make you feel guilty. They know how to play in your emotions, and they know how to get what they want out of you. So you got to stop, give yourself grace, and not be so critical about yourself when it comes to the decisions that your child is making. I love that. I think that's beautiful. I was wondering if you could share with everyone where they could find you, where they can find more about the work that you do. Sure. Sure. So you can go to motivatingtheteamspirit.com, motivatingtheteamspirit.com. You can contact me directly from there. You can see when our next workshops are are happening and what we're up to. Um, and you can literally click on, you'll see a little bit about me, and you can click on my name and email me directly from there. And uh, that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. That's great. I am so honored to have you here speaking with us today. You have so much uh, information, and so you've practiced it in your life, and uh, so we can see that it's worked over and over with different people, and I find that so reassuring and helpful for parents, and I just love the thought of that parents giving themselves grace. So thank you for being here today, and I would like to say if you're looking for me or more information from the book Parenting Your Way, which Tia graciously also um, contributed to, you can go to www.livinginsideout.ca, and until the next time, join us for more shows and look up more information about social literacy and Live life.